Hello and welcome to Your Active's AgriFood Brief. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And I'm Natasha Fett. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractis AgriFood team. Our top story of the week. In the wake of the coronavirus outbreak, food security has become the hot topic on everyone's lips, but not everyone is in agreement over the best way to strengthen the EU's food security. One response to the crisis can be seen in the marked rise of protectionism across EU member states, with a strong focus placed on building and reinforcing local food chains. This is something that recently has been championed by the EU Agricultural Commissioner, Janusz Wojciechowski, who said that the EU must focus more on developing local markets and boosting the local food industry to help strengthen European food security. During a recent Euractiv conference on food security in the EU, the Commissioner stressed that reliance on overseas markets is not good for the EU's food security, instead highlighting the importance of creating connections between farmers, the local food industry and local markets. This is a sentiment that we've seen echoed across various member states. Most recently, in a speech on Monday, French President Emmanuel Macron highlighted the need to increase food sovereignty, saying that France needs to strengthen its capacity to produce its own proteins and work towards creating a more independent model in that area. Following a similar logic, the Czech government has recently proposed an amendment to the Food Act, which will oblige traders to have at least 85% of food products of domestic origin. However, stakeholders are sounding the alarm about how to reconcile strengthening local markets with the need for free trade, highlighting that a turn to the local doesn't necessarily correspond with an increase in food security. In a statement referring to a recent report on trade barriers, the EU Commission stressed that the EU is continuing to open up markets outside Europe in the midst of rising protectionism. The statement highlights the benefits to EU farmers and fruit producers, citing examples uh, such as EU beef exporters regaining access to China and pork producers who can now export to Mexico. When asked about this kind of protectionism, Julia Kern, the CEO and founder of Peelers, a company which helps consumers buy directly from consumers, and also chairwoman of the German Agri-Food Society, told Euractiv that protectionism is the worst thing to do to increase the resilience of the agri-food system. She said that this nationalism, regionalism or localism that we're talking about is completely the wrong way, stating that the emphasis must instead be on transparency, increased information and increased interconnections. She added that enabling trade and collaboration is the key to success in an uncertain economy. In other news... On the back of growing concern over the target for 25% of EU farmland to be farmed organically by 2030, EU Commissioner for Agriculture Janusz Wojciechowski has lent the plan his support and stressed that it is achievable. But farmers are still concerned that, as it stands, supply may well outstrip demand, which they say could kill the sector. The target is one of several set by the EU's flagship food policy, the Farm to Fork Strategy. Speaking at the World Convention last week, Wojciechowski addressed these concerns saying that he was aware that it was one of the most contentious targets in the strategy and that farmers are particularly concerned about it. However, he stressed that the target was achievable, highlighting the example of Austria as a member state that already farms nearly 25% of its agricultural land organically. He also underlined the importance of promoting and developing the EU organic market. 
However, Pekka Pesonen, the Secretary General of Farmers Association Copacajeca, said that the target runs the risk of having a detrimental effect on the sector. Although he said that he agreed with the organic initiative in principle, he stressed that this must be thoroughly considered in order to ensure the economic viability of the sector. He highlighted that cooperatives are struggling with more supply than demand and cautioned that unless supply increases in line with demand, the target runs the risk of killing the sector. The EU Commission has been urged to take swift measures to protect workers in the meat processing sector following a major coronavirus outbreak in one of the largest facilities in Europe. After a string of outbreaks in meat plants across the EU over the past few months, the Tony's meat plant, which is located in Germany, saw over 1,500 cases of the virus this week, with over two-thirds of workers testing positive for the virus. Euractiv spoke with Peter Lees, health policy spokesperson of the EPP and also a qualified doctor, who highlighted the faults of the meat plant, saying that there are several conditions in slaughterhouses that make these facilities an ideal breeding ground for the virus, notably the cold, dry temperatures combined with poor ventilation and air circulation. He stressed that these conditions are not confined to Germany, but are actually standard practice across the EU. He therefore called on the Commission to take urgent action to ensure the safety of these meat plant workers across Europe. This call for action follows the publication of a new report this week from the European Federation of Trade Unions for Food, Agriculture and Tourism, which concluded that the appalling working, employment and housing conditions affecting thousands of meat workers in many countries across Europe are the reasons why meat processing plants have become vectors for the spread of the COVID-19. In other news, it's now almost official. The next EU farming subsidies program, the Common Agricultural Policy, will kick off in 2023 instead of 2021. Negotiators from the Council and the Parliament have informally developed a common understanding, which means they clinched the deal, on an interim two-year period where current Common Agricultural Policy rules will apply before the post-2020 cap starts. And although provisional, the compromise reached involves all the essential aspects of the transitional cap file, while only the pending issues linked to the EU's next long-term budget remain open. If you remember last week we spoke about the pressure from the European Commission, which had demanded a one-year transition to bridge the gap between the current Common Agricultural Policy Programme and the next. The Council and the Parliament resisted this pressure, which actually came from the Commission's Directorate General for Budget, the DG Budge, uh, because they believed, and they still believe, that a two-year Common Agricultural Policy divide doesn't fit well in the context of the next generation EU, which is the Commission's uh, Recovery Fund, uh, to respond to the economic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. So, um, securing an agreement on the Common Agricultural Policy transitional regulations was a key priority of the Croatian presidency, and represents a good achievement for th- for them, considering the exceptional circumstances under which they worked in the last six months. I'm speaking, of course, of the COVID-19 emergency. Uh, for instance, almost all the negotiations uh, were conducted online and not in presence. And of course, uh, I mean, it's still open. Now it depends on on an agreement on both the common agricultural policy reform 
and uh, next EU's long-term budget. And, and EU leaders are expected to find an agreement during the German presidency of the EU that started on the 1st of July and will end the 31st of December this year. Practically speaking, uh, what this transitional law uh, will imply? Well, they will ensure the continuation of direct payments as well as the funding of new projects in the rural development program, the so-called uh, second pillar of the common agricultural policy, even without an agreement on the, on the cap reform, uh, which has come to stand still. And this week we also published two event reports on two recent uh, virtual conferences hosted at Euractive. Uh, one was on uh, how farmers can reach EU-wide fertilizer targets, uh, which were outlined in the EU's flagship new food policy, the Farm to Fork strategy, uh, which specifies a target of 50% reduction of nutrient losses by 2030, which it says will reduce the use of fertilizer by at least 20%. And it's interesting because during the conference, Pierre Bascou, who's the Director of Sustainability and Income Support at DG Agri, speaking of these targets, how these targets will be set, he said that gross nutrient balance will be used to set a baseline for each country and to monitor their progress until 2030. So this gross nutrient balance, GNB, is the acronym, is calculated as the balance between inputs and outputs of nutrients to the agricultural soil. Bascu also confirmed that baselines will be set using data collected from uh, 2017, as the most recent year from, uh, from which there is real information on the matter. And during the event, several stakeholders stressed that farmers need access to the latest digital tools to allow them to more accurately map and monitor the fertilizers used at the farm level. And the other event was on food security. We already spoke about it at the beginning of the podcast, the one with the Commissioner Wojciechowski. The Commissioner stressed the importance of agro-diversification, not only in terms of diversification of production, which could help farmers strengthening their resilience, but also diversification in the agricultural markets. Uh, he mentioned the situation with the Russian embargo or with the US tariffs. But he also said something on, on meat and in particular on intensive um, livestock farming. And what he said is also our quote of the week this week. And let's hear from his voice what he said about uh, intensive uh, meat production. We have the problem, the, the, the intensive farming, intensive meat, meat production, that some of the, the, the farms, uh, they are in, the, in, in reality, they are like meat factories. And my ambition, my idea is to change the, this, this situation. Uh, uh, and first of all, creating the alternative for this intensive production to support uh, the farmers who, for example, who voluntarily uh, decide uh, to improve the animal welfare standards. Now for the agri-food news from the capitals this week, starting with Germany. With Germany assuming the EU Council presidency this week, Agricultural Minister Julia Klockner laid out her priorities for the next six months. 
High on her list is an EU-wide animal welfare label. Despite openness by some member states for such a scheme, progress on the topic will likely come slowly, she warned. However, Klockner claimed that this topic is crucial for consumers to understand the value of food and agriculture. She said that food must be worth more to us. In France, Elizabeth Bourne, the Minister of the Green Transition, has confirmed that a ban on glyphosate use will be implemented for 2022. Interviewed by Le Parisien, she said that they are currently examining alternatives that could lead to a quick way out. Initially promised by President Macron by 2021, Bourne said that the ban will be implemented before the end of the five-year term. This statement comes after the Green Party's victory at city elections last weekend and the Citizens' Convention for Climate Approval by Macron this week. In the UK, the government has conceded to calls from farmers and farmers' associations for the creation of a new body to advise ministers on welfare standards and fair competition in trade deals with the US and other nations after Brexit. The Trade and Agriculture Commission will make recommendations to the government on how to stop the industry from being undercut by cheaper imports and how to increase export opportunities. And we move to Romania, where the government will allocate several billion euros of EU funds to restore the irrigation infrastructure in the wake of the drought that affected a large part of its cereal crops this year. According to the Agriculture Ministry data, uh, more than 1.2 million hectares of the 3 million hectares sold in the autumn of 2019 were affected by drought. A good news from Italy. This week the European Commission has approved the application for the inclusion of Italy's Mele del Trentino in the Register of Protected Geographical Indications. Um, Mele del Trentino are apple of different varieties with white flesh and a moderately uh, tangy taste used in particular for desserts like the strudel and with this last entry Italy reached 303 products uh, included in this EU registry for quality foodstuff accounting 42.6% of the EU food products in this list. Croatian chaired the last Agrifish meeting of their presidency and in this last meeting the Croatian Agriculture Minister Maria Vučković said that the coronavirus pandemic has brought many challenges and has partly changed the priorities of Croatia's EU presidency in the field of agriculture. She also said that the Germany's EU presidency focus will be on the budget and the future of the common agricultural policy. And lastly, in Poland, uh, Wojciech Albert Kurkowski was appointed as Ombudsman for Animal Protection. The Ombudsman task is to give opinions on draft legal acts in the field of animal protection and animal welfare, as well as to analyze, evaluate and monitor currently functioning provisions. However, experts criticized the choice due to the lack of a competitive procedure that would allow his competences to be verified. This week, we welcome Javier Ruiz, Senior Policy Officer for Agriculture and Food at the WWF, to talk about a recent report about food loss and waste in the EU. Here's what he had to say. 
just a few weeks after the, the presentation by the European Commission of its Farm to Focus strategy, we have published today a brand new report on food waste in the EU. As you may know, food waste continues to be a major issue in, in, the, in the European Union, and I think that if we asked any of our citizens, they would all say it's something unacceptable. But still, it's happening, and it's happening at a, at a very substantial level, causing very important economic losses, as well as, of, of course, social and uh, environmental costs. There's no doubt that we need to eliminate food loss and waste to the largest extent possible if we are really wanting to go towards a more sustainable food system in the EU, an idea, a mission that the Farm to Focus strategy itself uh, contains. In the report that we published today, what we have done is look at past and ongoing initiatives, all the way from uh, EU policy to national initiatives or industry commitments, and we have assessed the, uh, the gaps still existing in, in, that, in that environment and the major actions that would still be needed to accelerate progress and really achieve substantial food waste reductions between now and 2030. The report covers numerous topics and, 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 and goes into quite technical uh, depth, but I think, but it also contains very clear policy recommendations at the EU level. Some of them are related to the measurement and the targets that need to be set at the EU level to really encourage action by, by all stakeholders and by member states in particular. But we are also looking at exploring other more innovative uh, ideas, such as what contribution the common agricultural policy can do to reducing food waste, or how we should encourage businesses to measure and report their food waste levels. On our radar. The EU Commission has published its EU feed protein balance sheet for the marketing year 2019 to 2020. This found that feed demand is forecasted to increase by 2 million tonnes of crude proteins compared to 2018 and 2019, and is predicted to reach 84 million tonnes. Upcoming events. On the 7th of July, there is a webinar on food sovereignty and the farm to fork strategy, building a fairer and more just agricultural model in the EU. And this will include a discussion with the EU Agricultural Commissioner, Janusz Wojciechowski. On the 9th of July, there is a Euractive two-panel virtual conference on the challenges and opportunities of rural broadband and connectivity. The first panel will discuss how the urban-rural broadband gap can be narrowed more quickly and will feature EU Agriculture Commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski. The second panel will be devoted to how rural broadband can help the agricultural sector grow and become more competitive in a sustainable way. Lastly, on the 9th of July as well, the European project Nefertiti is running a webinar offering training on how to produce your own farm videos to enhance knowledge exchange. This week, the AgriFood podcast is produced by Euractiv's AgriFood team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Food, with the technical support of Evi Chiori. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agricultural news from the EU. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Mm-hmm.